Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to Brolosophy. Philosophy through the eyes of an idiot. That idiot is me. And that idiot is proudly supported by Yeti. So why is Yeti worth it, guys? It's a premium cooler company. Their coolers are, let's be honest, more expensive than the rest of the shitty coolers on the market. So why is Yeti worth it? Well, firstly, you get what you pay for. A high-quality cooler that you never have to replace. Guys, everything that you buy in this day and age is crap. We are consumers. We are not owners. We consume things, products, clothing, um, services. So that's a bad example. But we are not owners. So a cooler like a Yeti cooler is something that you can own for a long time and you'll never have to consume another one, if that makes sense. Superior insulation. A freezer quality gasket and supreme insulation power join forces to deliver unmatched heat and ice retention. So, everybody's been at that party where the beers have gone cold. Oh, damn it. All right, let me rephrase that. Everyone's gone to that party where the beers have gone warm and, uh, you know, you won't be going back to that party the next year, let's be honest. There's nothing worse. So, superior insulation from Yeti. Um, that's, you know, another reason why Yeti's worth it. They're virtually indestructible. This one I really like, guys. So, Yeti have told me 100% straight down the line that these cools have been attacked by bears, chucked out of moving trucks, hit by semis, dropped out of planes, and are still game for more. Now, I've been working with my mate Clay at Yeti, who, uh, who, who, who's my you know, touch point down there, and I've been asking him every week that I want proof of Yeti coolers versus bears. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, three or four Yeti coolers versus a bear. It says bears here. I would actually really think that one bear versus, it would take probably five Yeti coolers to, to beat a bear, I would say. But look, I, well, I, I'm still trying to clarify this this because I don't want to bullshit you guys. You know, I don't want to I don't want to pull the wool over your eyes. It, it says that these coolers have been attacked by bears and, you know, and they're, they're game for more. So I'm working hard to get you the proof that you need. Um, and, you know, stay tuned. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll have something for you on that one. So, five-year warranty on all hard coolers. Proof that our, their products live up to their customers' expectations. Good, good. To learn more about Yeti, guys, head to yeti.com.au forward slash bro. We are also brought to you today by True Protein. Head to trueprotein.com.au forward slash bro, and you'll get 10% off all of their supplement range. I'm not going to do a big read on True Protein. They've been a sponsor of us for a very long time. If you've listened to this show before, you've probably heard me say it a number of different occasions. And that is that they are simply the best in the business. So we love being supported by the best in the business. Yeti are the best in the business. True Protein are the best in the business. And that makes for us for very, very good business. Also, head to athena.co for 20 hours free of our virtual assistant services. So... Guys, basically, what is a virtual... Oh, damn it, Siri. Siri keeps jumping in and trying to tell me what's up. Um, so what are virtual assistant services? So I actually despise the term virtual assistant, but for lack of a better term, we're going to use it. It's our search term. It's the, it's the common term that would refer to what we do, but I really don't like it. Virtual assistants... A virtual assistant is somebody who works inside of your company from abroad. So basically the reason why people would do this is when you're growing a young company, it's hard to scale your team 
Um, you know, it's hard to be a startup and be one, two years in, whatever, and have money to fork out fifty, seventy thousand dollars to grow your team. So that's where we come in. We can help you grow a team member in a quarter of the price, really. And but we don't deal in virtual assistance. That's for lack of a better term, that's what we do. But we really don't. We actually deal in just putting a really talented part-time or full-time team member into your business. And they might be an administrative assistant. They might be a content producer. They might be um, someone who's in HR. They might be a business development manager. The term virtual assistant is a bullshit term. It devalues the person that is on the other end that's working. It's a term that is frowned upon. Unfortunately, for us to grow as a company, we need to dominate that search term in Google. But as soon as somebody becomes a client with us, I tell them to scrap that term, delete it from their vocabulary as soon as humanly possible because it's just it's bullshit. People work virtually all over the world now. And I'm not only talking about people in underprivileged countries, people in Australia, people in the US, people in the United, uh, United Kingdom. They work remotely and they're no different to anyone else. So um, the term virtual assistant just needs to be trampled on and, and squished and squashed and scratched out of it. But to get 20 hours free of virtual assistants, head to athena.co, that's Athena with a Y, and in the inquiry box, put the code BRO and you will activate your 20-hour um, trial. So... Anyway, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, welcome back to Brolosophy. Um, yep, that's right, the Brolosophy podcast. So, um, obviously, this podcast was formerly. Adventure Fit Radio, and um, yeah, just to get uh, get off to a start and launch this podcast, I suppose uh, I'm going to use this show to kind of talk about how we got here, and you know what brolosophy means, and uh, and what happened to Adventure Fit Radio. So, if you're a new listener, uh, this show is probably going to be quite boring for you. Hang around though, hang around, see if you like it. Um, but if you're somebody who's followed uh, Adventure Fit Radio for a while. Followed my journey for a while, uh, myself and Tommy and, and Mac and Dave and Wilbur, all the crew. Um, then, you know, this might be uh, pretty interesting to you because um, lots changed in the last six months, I guess. So, um, firstly, uh, the reason we are um, now the Brolosophy podcast is because I've shut AdventureFit down. Um, so, I think um, it's a unique... Uh, unique position to be in where you have one of the coolest companies in the world. Uh, the brand is growing really well. Um, the product's awesome. And you shut it down. Um, but I guess that's what happened. And, uh, and 
Yeah, so um, the reason I am shutting Adventure Fit down, and, and this is nice for me to get off my chest, I guess, because I made the decision in December of last year, and what is it now? It's um, 2nd of August. I made the decision in December, so it was more than six months ago, seven or eight months. And then it was just about slowly, you know, wrapping everything up. We had some trips to run. Um, I didn't want anything, you know, looking untoward. I didn't want to, you know, splutter off into a into a into a final um, final couple of trips. I wanted everything um, all guns blazing and nothing really to change. And the the last adventure fitters that we had, uh, I wanted them to have an amazing time and and so forth. But yeah, so eight months ago, whatever. Um, I guess, um, yeah, I got to the point where um, I got to the point where I'd started another company, and that company is called Athena. Um, and uh, me and my buddy Drew, um, Drew's wife Mads had a lot to do with it as well. But me and my buddy Drew started um, started a new company, an outsourcing agency. So basically. Um, taking really talented people from all over the world and, and plugging them into our into our clients' businesses. Um, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, but but um, after after um, a few conversations back and forth and and uh, and so forth, mm, I proposed to Drew that we we go into business together, and he uh, he totally agreed. He said, "Let's do it. Uh, there's an opportunity there." and uh, we shook hands. We had some Mexican food. Uh, it was over tacos and tacos and beers in Byron Bay. We shook hands and we went into business together. So, um, what happened then was that was probably about a year ago, probably August. Um, what happened then was uh, I realised that I was um, now the founder of two companies and and a large, you know, really. Um, organizationally and and day to day you know I had a, a huge part in running them both so AdventureFit was obviously my baby and I was the CEO there and I had full control of, of things and, and full responsibilities um, and then obviously I have Drew and, and now I have Mads his wife with Athena but um, still the responsibilities were there and it was quite um, you know I was pretty involved so um, and now I'm, I'm CEO of Athena so it became it became pretty clear to me uh, after a few months of operating and and after spending uh, seven or eight days up at Drew's place going really deep on Athena, it became very clear to me that it became very clear to me that one business model was really really great and I really enjoyed the idea of it and one business model was really really not great and it was really tough so rather than be uh you know try and be a multi-time um you know successful entrepreneur uh and i'm not saying adventure it wasn't successful but um, rather than carrying on and trying to uh trying to run two companies i decided that it was best to scale it back and, and focus in on one um i feel like you know, we have so many options in this life, um, so many options, and, and I had the option to to do something that was really amazing, which was Adventure Fit, and to carry that on and to continue to grow it and, and so on and so forth, and then I had the opportunity to um, go into business and, and start a business that really helps business owners, um, helps them get time back in their life and scale their business and so forth. But you also have to be realistic. I, I had two companies that were, were really great, 
one really promising, I should say, and one that was was really great, but it was fuck, it was hard work. And I feel like um, I feel like you know I, I didn't want to be somebody that that ran two companies. I didn't need two things to get me out of bed. I didn't need two things to uh, to be passionate about. I didn't need two things to be successful at. Um, I plan to bounce out of bed and I plan to be passionate about Athena and I plan to be successful at Athena. Um, I just think having both Athena and AdventureFit was probably not going to be realistic. So, yeah, for, for the people listening, I'm sure there's people out there that really don't give a fuck about this at all. Um, you know, those people may have already turned off, but... Yeah, there's probably some people out there that this comes as a shock or it's it's saddens some people because, yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think, um, well, I think AdventureFit was a wholly, wholly and solely positive impact on the world. And, and you know, I, I guess I am going to really miss, I guess I'm going to really miss being able to yeah, really positively impact people's lives in, in that way. Um, yeah. I guess the reason that I started AdventureFit was I travelled so extensively in my life over a, over a period of four or five, six years or whatever it was. Um, I travelled so extensively, I'd, I'd probably been to 30 countries or so and spent... 12 to 18 months, you know, living abroad or not living abroad, but backpacking and traveling the world and so forth. And I'm very lucky. Um, I'm very lucky to have been able to do that. And I think I'm a better person for it. Um, I'm not saying I'm perfect or I'm a great person uh, because I've certainly got tons of faults. But I think I'm a better person for it. And I think everyone becomes a better person from, from, um, from seeing the world, from traveling. And... Yeah, it's also amazing to, to to open yourself up and you know put yourself in positions you you wouldn't ordinarily be and to meet new people and and challenge yourself, you know. And that was all that AdventureFit really encapsulated, you know. We really wanted to we really wanted to you know take people from all over the world, take them out of their comfort zone, show them new cultures, show them new experiences, and it was bloody awesome, um, you know. I, I think um, I think. With travel, the more you know, the more of the world you see, then the more um, the more grounded you can be, and the more level-headed, and the more you know, you're appreciative of of certainly what you have. Uh, most people listening to this podcast will probably be listening on an iPhone and so forth, and you know, they might be listening in their cars, they drive to work or whatever. Um, but you know, most people listening to this are probably in the one percent. You know, the really. Mm, the Western world, and um, and when you when you're able to get out and see see uh, see how the world really is, you know we're probably the minority, the Western world, and the way that we live. Um, yeah, I think it's um, it's very very uh, it expands you know your way of thinking, and I think that's I think that's super important, um, super important for people to go through. So um, I'm glad that I was able to do that. And the other thing is, you know, I just like people to. I just like people to go out there and travel and, and, and make new friends. And um, I remember when my brother turned 18, I, instead of getting him a present for his birthday, well, I did get him a present, but instead of buying him a, a gift, buying him a thing, 
you know, buying him a skateboard or a pack of DVDs or some clothes or a pair, pair of shoes, whatever. Um, I actually gave him a list of 10 things that he could choose from uh, in order to, for us to go travel together. So 10, diff- different, um, 10 different experiences. So one of them was um, uh, Japan snowboarding. One of them was um, hiking in New Zealand. One of them was surfing in Indonesia. And there was seven more. I can't remember what they were. But for my brother, I really wanted him to be able to um, think the way that I thought and, and I wanted him to have seen the things that I've seen because, yeah, I just wanted him to be a, a, um, a man of the world, really, and, and, and to have travelled. The other, the, other the other great thing with travel, I believe, is, um, you know, I feel like people are their, they're their real selves. They're, they're, um, they're their unabashed, um, real versions of themselves with, you know, no no click and 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 no family and friends and no social social um you know hierarchical um you know all that bullshit that we attach to ourselves at home uh yeah i feel like you know all those shackles are just broken when you're when you're traveling and when you're meeting new people and i think that's that's fantastic so you know i'm super super passionate about travel still um you know i'm i'm super Super passionate about, yeah, everything that I that I did with AdventureFit, but I guess it's time, yeah, for me to announce that it's uh, it's all over. So I've decided to move on. Um, look, some highlights for me, I guess, were certainly um, certainly the first trippers. Um, so our first ever ever AdventureFitters. Uh, we actually so. Far out, man. Going into Athena right now, going to my new company, I, I was like, okay, cool. This is how we need to structure things from the start. Drew had his ideas, I had my ideas, and we were both very, very thorough and very, very professional from the get-go. You know, I I know a lot more than I did when I started AdventureFit, and I um, yeah, I wanted to make sure I didn't make the same mistakes getting this business off the ground as I did with uh, with AdventureFit. And it's funny what happened with AdventureFit. So. The first ever trip, we actually, I came up with the name Adventure Fit. I, I remember asking family and friends and so forth. I remember I was gonna, wanted to call it Camp Nomad. Um, I wanted to call it um, Vagabond Tours. Uh, I wanted to call it a bunch of other shit names. And yeah, my family and friends, um, Adventure Fit was also one of the names. And, um, and I asked all my, I got a little bit of a focus group and I, I asked them what they thought, and, and everybody came up with um, with AdventureFit. So I'm glad we settled on that name. We were actually able to sell the first trip out with just one uh, one graphic design poster, which was really cool. Um, so I remember my mate Fletch. Fletch did our first website, which still runs to this day, and people still give us compliments on it. Um, he'd never done a website before in his life. He's a graphic designer. Uh, and he actually just knocked us up one poster and he built our website and made us one poster and uh, we sold the trip out. We sold the trip out with the poster before the website actually. But anyway, my point being on things that I've done wrong and things that I wouldn't do again, um, when we actually went to New Zealand, so I said, okay, cool, what's the first trip that I want to plan? You know, Where do I want to start? Where do I want to make a big impact and, and go, right, bang, this is what we stand for. This is the trip that I want to put out there. This is going to be amazing. I wanted to do the absolute best case scenario, you know, experience I could possibly come up with. And 
the list of candidates were um, New Zealand was one, uh, Canada was another, mind-blowing scenery, I haven't been there but it looks beautiful, and Iceland was the other. And Iceland was way too far and way too hard. Canada was way too far and way too hard and New Zealand was obviously right on our doorstep. So we decided to go to New Zealand but um, yeah, the itinerary was great. We had five or six days on the, on the North Island and uh, five or six days on the South Island. And, but it was funny because I'd actually never been to New Zealand before in my life. So when we rolled up, I flew in on the, I think we started the trip on the 22nd of September 2016 or 17, 16 I think, 22nd of September, so I rolled in on the, hmm, I would have rolled in on the 20th I reckon, I would have rolled in two days before the trip, never been to New Zealand in my life, never even seen any of the countryside, not, not, not Auckland, not Queenstown, not Franz Joseph Glacier, we were going glacier climbing, and, uh, and, I didn't have the money to do it. I didn't have the money to go, okay, cool, I'm going to go do a dry run of this trip because one of the, one of the reasons that AdventureFit was, was an issue for me was I was always stressed for money and um, I started AdventureFit with a bunch of debt. Normally, you'd start money with funding or, you know, savings at least or, you know, maybe some funding some, even from your family and friends, but I did the opposite. I started with debt. So, I didn't have time to, uh, to do the run around and, and, um, and check out New Zealand so I just landed in the country and I said, fuck it. And uh, yeah, we just, we just toured people from north to south. And it was really quite funny because people would ask me on the trip, they're like, oh yeah, okay, doc. So, you know, how many times have you been to New Zealand? And I would say, no, I just, same as you. I just arrived two days ago. And um, obviously you would think that that was a joke. People would laugh their heads off and then I'd kind of go, <laughs> and then just, you know, pretend like... Uh, pretend like I was joking but but I actually wasn't so yeah I mean New Zealand was unfathomable it's uh, the most beautiful country I mean for those of you guys that have seen Lord of the Rings you know exactly what I'm talking about but uh, you know the North Island of, of New Zealand is Waitomo Caves this huge caving structure um, Waitomo Caves we did a tour in Waitomo Caves we for starters, we abseiled into the fucking cave. We abseiled in. It's like a 30-meter abseil through this tiny little hole in the darkness all the way down. In the, the cave opens up. You go through this tiny little keyhole, and then it just opens up, and you're in pitch-black darkness, and you, just, uh, uh, you, you descend 30 meters into the, you know, the base of the cave. And then the adventure begins from there. So we got on a zip line through the darkness in the middle of a cave. We get off there. We go cliff jumping. Um, cliff jumping inside of a cave into the water then once we're in the water we man we we're in the darkness of this cave and it's filled with glowworms so not only do you have all these adventures inside of this cave but it's filled with glowworms um, these absolutely beautiful looks like the um, flu um, fluorescence what is it um, don't know what it's called, bioluminescence, bioluminescence in the bottom of the ocean, so like uh, when you see at night that the ocean looks all sparkly and, and uh, looks like it's got stars all through it, you know, that's bioluminescence, I believe, maybe I'm making that up, well, these glowworms look the same, but on the ceiling, you know, so these fluoro green, um, beautiful like speckles all over the place, and it was really great, and I remember one of my favourite moments was, um, one of my favourite moments, we were going through the cave, 
and everybody was talking. So what happened was we were in these blow-up tubes, these blow-up tubes, um, and just a regular tubing tube, like a, 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 a um, car tire kind of thing. So our bums are in the tubes, and your feet are wrapped around the friend, you, you know, your friend in front of you, and you've got your friend from behind, you know, you've got their legs, and you're gripping onto them. So you've got this big um, caterpillar-like, you know, kind of floating, you know, tube train. So anyway, we were floating through the um, floating through the caves in New Zealand, and we got to a point where everyone was chatting away, everyone's, you know, throwing shade at each other, bantering back and forth, and and, and whatever. And then we got to this section of the cave where it was so intensely, intensely beautiful. It was un-freaking believable. This huge, huge cavernous cave and the ceiling was just bright, bright green with all these glowworms and, and basically shimmering in the night and sparkling. And it, it was so breathtaking that without any kind of, um, without any direction or without anybody saying, hey guys, let's take a minute. Everybody just went pure, like dead silent and just continued to float through the cave. And I think, yeah, it was one of those, um, it was one of those times where you're really like, oh man, that was, that was a beautiful experience. And I wouldn't say that about much stuff, you know, I'm a pretty blokey bloke. Um, but oh my God, man. It was so perfect. It was like, it was one of those uh, one of those experiences where we were all on the same page. We all knew exactly what to do at the right at, the, at that perfect time. You know, we it just went without saying that. Okay, cool. I need to shut up and just take all this in. And if you haven't done it before, if you have never made it to New Zealand and done the Waitomo Caves, I'm sure there's other cave systems all around the world that you know are similar, but Waitomo Caves in New Zealand is, is really world famous and oh, man, for good reason. So we actually finished up in the cave and then after we'd done the cave, uh, oh, sorry, after we'd done the glowworm um, part of the cave, then uh, I can't remember what else we did. We, we did a bit of um, kind of like, what would you call it? Mm, I don't know. It was like, um, fuck, it was just hardcore cave exploring so we're climbing through little little tiny cracks in the um cracks in the structure and opening up to the next section and then you know down again and getting further and further and deeper and deeper into this cave pretty sketchy stuff like not sketchy but tell you what new zealand they've got really lax ohns rules because in australia you would never get away with half of this shit but um in new zealand play on so but to finish the actual experience we um we came up and out this, um, we climbed out and up uh, a running waterfall. And um, fuck no, it was just, it was great. So, you know, the New Zealand trip, as much as, so I went over there with my mate Wilbur, who was the first ever person that I said, hey, um, mate, can you come join me on a trip? I actually lied there. Uh, my mate was was the first person I ever asked to um, to join me on a trip, and he said yes. He said, "Yep, I'll do it with you." And then something came up with was, and he he, um, he he couldn't do it, and then he never actually made it on a trip, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. But so Wilbur jumped in. He was keen as mustard. As soon as I told him that he was he was you know he was in, he was he was uh, he was pumped. So Wilbur came along with me, and um, yeah, so. 
myself and Wilbur ran that trip. We, you know, Wilbur had done a little bit of New Zealand. I'd done zero. And we kind of, man, we just flunked our way through it. Real fake it till you make it stuff. But I would have to say that, you know, that trip was, it was one of the greatest experiences ever. Particularly for the clients. I think if we ever nailed a trip, that was the one, you know, like Japan very shortly after, like, oh my God, man, that was sick. And, you know, but the first adventure trip was, was super, you know, super important and, and we really hit it out of the park. It was actually, the reason I said it was the best experience for our clients, the reason I said that is because it was actually a terrible experience for me. I look back on it fondly. Um, I look back on it really, really fondly. But I actually, man, I had the heaviest, heaviest anxiety and I fucking deserve it really. Like, let's be honest, I'd had a lot of really great people that had put their trust in me to take them and give them the, you know, best in class experience of a lifetime. Some people that would book on this adventure vid holiday, like one of our holidays, they would they would have not had a holiday in five years, you know, or they might have not, um, you know, they might have not been able to, um, they might have just gone through a divorce or they might have been, you know, made redundant at work or whatever it is, you know, they put their trust in us and I took that really seriously um, shortly after the New Zealand trip. I realized, you know, you can't really get away with doing that stuff. So, uh, look, we nailed it. We absolutely nailed it, but probably didn't deserve to and and, you know, it was probably fair game for me, but, man, that was when, that was probably the first time I ever had hectic, hectic anxiety. Um, real bad stuff, you know, like sitting around the table with, you know, 10 amazing people, myself and Wilbur, and everyone's just having fun and maybe a couple of beers or maybe not, maybe it's just a, a sober night or, or sitting around at breakfast or whatever, and the banter going, you know, back and forth and everyone's having a great time and I just couldn't get out of my own head and just um yeah, couldn't get into it I just couldn't I was like trapped in trapped in my head really 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 badly and you know so that was a tough one for me but um oh man it was a good trip though like it was it was it was unfathomable so you know the New Zealand trip was a real highlight for me um I think um the next step with adventure was probably bringing on Dave and, and Jackie. You know, Wilbur, Wilbur did the first trip with me, but then we brought on Dave Driscoll and Jackie Perez. And, you know, they were... Um, I met Dave over in Bali. And we had a great time. It was actually his birthday. I, I, um, <clears throat> I got offered a job in Bali uh, as head coach of a, of a gym over there. And... When I was talking to one of my buddies, they were like, oh, hey, when you get over there, you should look up this dude, Dave Driscoll. He does CrossFit, and I was riding a CrossFit at the time. He does CrossFit, and he, he seems like a cool guy, and, you know, whatever. So I got passed on his, um, his Insta handle, and I, was, and I started following this dude, Dave. And to be honest, I don't really judge a book by its cover a lot of the time. You know, I'm pretty good like that. I'm pretty, pretty open to, you know, figuring out who a person is you know, on the merit of who they are as a person rather than, you know, taking a stab and, and thinking one way or the other. But I tell you what, I certainly thought Dave would be a wanker, an absolute wanker. And, uh, and that's because I was just like, man, this dude, he's got, 
however many, 30,000 Instagram followers and, and slick back, you know, dark hair and this big beard and he's got tats all over him and, and he's, he's, he's American. He must be a cocky American. This dude must just be a, he must just be a, a dickhead. And, uh, and then I, met, I went over to Bali and I met Dave and the first night that we actually uh, we met, we did uh, a workout together and we partnered up. And uh, from that point, I, um, I realized that I'd, I'd got him all wrong. I realized that he was uh, truly one of the good guys. Yeah, and I think I, uh, I think I just, you know, I really think I, I just got Dave all wrong. And, and uh, so anyway, Dave joined the team and, and became one of my really, really good buddies. And, um, and we did a, a number of trips together and, and what I want, one thing I will say about Dave is um, he, he has all the reasons in the world to be that dickhead that I assumed he would be right from the start. I just thought that this guy, you know, he, he, he can't be a good bloke because if he's a good bloke, he's that good looking, he's that charismatic, surely he can't have a good heart as well. No way. I was just jealous, really. Like, fucking hell, who wouldn't be? But... Um, one thing I will say about Dave is he's, he's just, he's one of the good guys. The, the way that I've always explained Dave is he's one of the good guys, you know. He's one of the, I think people are inherently good, but he's one of the real, genuine, kind-hearted dudes, you know. He's, he's out to try and make the world a better place and to try and just bring smiles to everyone around him. So, I fucking love the guy, you know. And, and it's a shame because... Our relationship was so tight. We were we were near on best buds, you know. Um, we were near on best buds, and he, he lived with me over in Australia for a bit. And um, I once heard him credit me for for giving him the motivation to open his gym, which is just thriving, going through the roof. And yeah, it's a bit of a bummer because I'm definitely still close with Dave, and I love the guy, and I think he loves me too. But um, our personalities clashed a little bit, and. And we certainly, we certainly butted heads on a lot of things. Um, and I don't do that with too many people. I mean, Tommy from, obviously, Adventure Radio, you know, we, we butted heads from time to time. Um, most other people that I've ever worked with, we've always had a pretty smooth working relationship. But me and Dave, we just, we always, um, we always butted heads towards the end there. And, um, and that was kind of one of the reasons that Dave stopped doing trips, I guess. I, I don't know whether we've actually either, well, that's what I assume, whether we've admitted that or not. But um, at the end of the day, we're, we're still really good buddies now. And without AdventureFit, we wouldn't have gotten so close. Um, it was a shame that, you know, working together was a bit of a strain on our relationship. But he said to me at one point, he said, look, I don't think I can go forward with AdventureFit. I've got um, other priorities that I want to, I really want to take care of. And he had his own um, retreat company that he wanted to potentially get off the ground and didn't want to be a conflict of interest and, and so forth. And he said, I hope this doesn't do anything to our friendship, me not working with AdventureFit. And I said to him, mate, it's going to make our friendship better. It's going to make our friendship 10 times better. So... You know, so that's a, you know, a learning curve for me, you know, just dealing with, you know, friends and, and, and how to also just deal with people and how to try and, yeah, how to try and not butt heads when you've got two big personalities like myself and Dave. So, um, but I love the guy, you know, I love the guy. Dave did a fantastic job and I can't thank him enough. He's a, 
He's a fucking legend. Um, and then Jackie Perez. Jackie joined us on the Japan trip, and that was one of the loosest trips of all time. One of the absolute loosest trips of all time. Um, and so we would always train on adventure fit trips and, you know, get our heart rates up and practice mindfulness, whether that's yoga or meditation or whatever that may be. And we'd go, you know, whitewater rafting and hiking and rock climbing and all this active stuff. And it was really awesome. And But also we would drink beers and eat burgers and we would have as much fun as humanly possible. That's what I was always about. I was always about, okay, cool. I think I have a good handle on how a good life should be lived. And this is how I want... Um, this is what I want our trips to represent. So, <laughs> yeah, but Japan definitely went overboard. Japan definitely went overboard. Um, some of the stuff that went down on that trip, Jackie was the instigator, I think. I, I probably set the tone. I, I told a story, um, I told a story on the first night and I think, I think, um, I think it, how it starts is how it ends a lot of the time. So I actually sat down at the very first evening of our, of our trip. The night before, I was really nervous because I was actually meeting Jackie for the first time. So me and Jackie went out and had dinner and had a few beers together and just hit it off straight away. She's a bloody legend, one of the best chicks you'll ever meet. And and um, so we had dinner. We went to this Japanese restaurant. And we were seated in a really, really nice um, location. We're sitting down cross-legged, as is the Japanese custom, and sitting around the table. And everybody was having a couple of beers. There's a little bit of sake going around. Nothing crazy, but, you know, getting to know each other. And there was a group of about... There was 10 of us or 11 of us or 12 of us maybe at the start. And then halfway through, we had a coaching group, the Hangstrong guys, some gym- gymnastics coaches, come over and finish the trip with us. So... So, but at the start, it was about 10 or 12. So, good crew, like good, good, healthy crew. And they're all Americans, actually. Um, apart from Chris Strange, I believe, and maybe me. But anyway, so we're sitting around the table, and I said, okay, cool. What I think we do, guys, is um, let's do a little exercise. What I'm going to do, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about me and, you know, something that maybe you don't know. And then I'll pass it over to Jackie. She'll do the same. And let's go around in circle and, you know, and we'll get to know everybody and, and so on and so forth. So, so anyway, so I was like, right. And I actually, when I said it, I actually didn't have a story. You know, I didn't have a, a funny fact about me. So I started off and I said, all right, well, you know what, um, well, my name's Doc, obviously, um, you know, my name's Bill, but people call me Doc, so you guys can call me Doc. I'm the, you know, founder of Adventure Fit, and, you know, the reason I started the company was I wanted to be able to, you know, travel the world with people and show them the world, and, and I wanted to bring in exercise and mindfulness as well, and so on and so forth, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, mm, and a couple of things that you don't know about me, and, oh, you know, and I gave him one, one little story, and I said, and... The first time that I ever came was riding a big blow-up dragon at the local swim centre. And everybody kind of stopped and then just started screaming with laughter. So what actually happened was, when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I'd never actually orgasmed before, right? So I never knew the feeling. I didn't know what the feeling was like. I didn't know even the, the build up to this sensation whatever I'm 12 or 13 right so anyway we were at the local swim centre and uh, and there was a big blow up 
basically play toy at the, at the center. So, but it happened to be a dragon. So the tail at the back, middle section, and then down the, the jaws of the dragon and so forth, or the nose of the dragon. I can't re really remember. But you would come and climb up the tail. Then you would get across the platform in the middle. And then going down the nose or outside the jaws, however it was positioned, I can't really remember, but going down the face of the dragon, the snout, let's say, there was two railings on each side of the snout, so you wouldn't fall right off the side or fall off, you know, the other side, you would hit the railings and, and, and go down and find your way into the water, because we're only little kids, you know. So I was a little shit growing up, always, like, always wanted my own way, always trying to figure out ways that I can make things, you know, work in my advantage. So what I decided to do was I went down the dragon, you know, climbed up the tail, through the top, down the nose of the dragon, and I did probably two or three laps, and you're getting a ride of the dragon probably, let's say, every like seven minutes. And I'm only at the swim center for 45 minutes, you know. So I've got three rides of the dragon, and it's like 21 minutes in, you know, get, get, you know getting close to 25 minutes. I was like, you know what, fuck this. There's got to be a way to, you know, skip this line. So I decided, instead of swimming around and going up the tail of the dragon, coming down the front... I was like, I'm just going to climb up the front of this dragon. So effectively, if you can imagine the snout of this dragon, which is a big slide, and each side of it, like a bumper bowling, bumper bowling at the, um, the old bowling alley. So there was blow-up um, blow uh, railings, basically, on each side of the dragon's snout, the slide. So I decided to just, I came down the dragon, and then I jump up and I'd pull myself up. So you can imagine this little kid like reaching forward and then pulling himself with his groin just hanging over the, the outside of this railing, pulling himself up over and over and over, probably like, you know, 10 meters. Nah, that's probably too much. Maybe like six meters up every time. But then I would get up there and no one was pulling me up. All these, no teachers, I don't know what they were doing or all the swim instructors, they were just letting me go. So I would pull myself up this dragon, slide down and I was like, fuck, that felt great. And then anyway, I'd do it again, and, and I was like, what is going on here? This is the funnest dragon ever. And then anyway, so I've done it a, a, a final time, and, I, and I've pulled myself up this dragon, and then about halfway up, I've just, I've come. And so I told that story. Um, I told that story, and as you can imagine, um, the... the um, as you can imagine, yeah, the crowd loved it. And, and, but I think, it, so what actually happened, I started with that story and then Jackie started with her story and then she had a real heartfelt story and, and moved on to the next. And Chris Strange had been really sick and, you know, that was the reason he wanted to go out on this trip to Japan. He wanted to, you know, um, test himself out and, and really put himself, you know, out there and went to the next person and, you know, she'd lost a, 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 a brother and, and, you know, uh, was it lost a brother? Um, I can't remember exactly everybody's stories, but everybody had a real heartfelt story and heartfelt reason to why they were out there. And I told this story about fucking, you know, coming on a dragon. So the hashtag, you know, we would we would line up hashtags for the trips, you know, ADVF, hashtag ADVF Japan 17 or whatever was the official hashtag. But the hashtag just became Ride the Dragon. So, so Ride the Dragon, everyone that actually was on that trip so I speak to Jackie a fair bit still, you know, just touching base and she'll ask me, oh, you been, you know, dating any girls and, and whatever and, and I'll always ask her, I'll say, you know, have you been doing Jackie? You've been, you know, you've been riding the dragon. So it's still, um, it's still, you know, adventure vernacular to this day. But, but the Japan trip was, oh man, it was, it was unreal. 
it was unreal. So, so Dave and Jackie, you know, they came and joined me on the Japan trip, and Jackie came and uh, joined us on a few more, and yeah, just one of the most lovable chicks you'll ever meet, one of those real, you know, one of those real, oh yeah, pleased to meet you, Jackie Perez, oh shit, did I just fart, sorry, one of those kind of, you know, kind of chicks, just real rough around the edges, real down to earth, and just a, just a knucklehead, um, but I love her, so... So that was great. You know, I think as Adventure Fit, like a lot of companies, you know, like a lot of companies that don't continue on, they'll probably start, like a lot of things, you know, they'll start really exciting. And, you know, it's that honeymoon period. Um, They'll start really exciting. Everything will be, you know, no matter how bad something's going, it'll be okay. And, you know, the smallest win will be celebrated hugely. And, and so on and so forth. Well, you know, for me, the trips were hard because I, I had this um, this mixture of, you know, imposter syndrome and, and also I had a lot of debt. So I had no, I was always stressed for cash on, on trips and so forth. But I still definitely had that honeymoon period where I was like, all right, cool. I'm doing something amazing. I'm, I feel like I'm doing a good job of it. The brand's going to be cool. And I, I always thought eventually it would be the biggest company on the planet. I remember somebody said to me, hey, you've made it 12 months. Congratulations. That's further than whatever that stat is, further than 80% of businesses, other businesses out there. They would fail in the first 12 months. And I was just shocked when somebody said that to me. I was like, what? I was like, far out. I, I've never even contemplated failure. I've never even... It's never even crossed my mind that that, that could happen. Like it, this is adventure. It's going to be huge. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's 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 too good to be true, you know. So so I certainly had that honeymoon period, and and that went for a good 12, 18 months. But then, so let's say AdventureFit was a five year a five year thing, you know, from concept to when we ran our last trip, and it pretty much was. So concept, you know, six to nine months, 12 months in, by that stage, we'd run our first trip, awesome. The next probably nine months, honeymoon period, love and life, just really, I, I really was. And I loved, one thing that I always did love was loved meeting the people every single time I would meet them. You know, you can't, you can't put a price on friendship and, and I never will. And that, that's always been, you know, the highlight for me with AdventureFit. It's never been the things that we do, the stuff that we see, that all becomes boring and mundane. The people that we meet, I'll never, you know, I'll never be able to replace those friends that I've made but I definitely went through a period where I went through a period where okay cool honeymoon period's over what do we do now all right cool well we'll start a podcast we'll inject some some life into the brand and it'll get me fired up and it'll be a good way to you know create content and engage with people and so forth and I I fucking love the podcast and this is why I'm still doing it today and we're re-releasing the podcast you know brolosophy now but you know that wore off as well a little bit so it was. It got to the point where AdventureFit was all it was really for a, for a, for a long time. There was just just really extremely stressful. So because I started AdventureFit with a lot of debt, what actually happened was um, I, I believe that the travel industry, you know, the model is really tough. You're trying to sell something that you don't need. So that's very expensive. Sorry. So if you if you think of like four quadrants of of sales so there's selling stuff that is you know cheap that you need and you'll always sell that um then there's you know that's like toothpaste and you know toilet paper whatever there's stuff that you don't need that's really cheap you'll also be able to sell that no worries so you know 
ticket to the movies and you know a a, a trip to you know a whole weekend away with your with your partner or whatever then there's stuff that you do need that's expensive and that's okay cool that's like doctors and lawyers and you know you get cancer you're not going to go sorry bro can't afford it i'll figure this out myself doc you're going to go okay cool take me to the you know best physician in the world you know lawyers you know you you don't want to go to jail you'll you'll go you know get yourself in trouble you go to a good lawyer and then there's stuff that you don't need that's expensive so that's where we are you know, we were the top end of that, you know, five grand, six, seven thousand dollars, whatever it was for an experience. Life-changing experience for so many people, but how do you actually, you know, how do you, how do you make that a tangible thing? You know, you're not selling a product, you're not, you're selling a feeling and that's very hard to sell and it's also a luxury item. So, so the business model for me sucks. I actually hate the business model of travel. You know, I had a mentor, Rob McNaught, who... I was saying mentor, but he really just gave me a little bit of advice when I was very much first getting off the ground. And I said to him after a couple of phone calls, only phone calls with Rob, we never met face to face, but a couple of phone calls that I went in depth with him and asked him all the questions in the world and it would have been the dumbest questions. I'd love to hear what I was asking um, now. But, but at the very end of that conversation, I said to Rob, Rob, if you had one piece of advice, you know, for me going out and starting this, what would that one piece of advice be? And he said, Bill, my one piece of advice is don't start. Whatever you do, do not start what you're about to what you're about to start. <clears throat> and I thought he was joking, obviously, at the start. And then, sure enough, he wasn't. And that's why, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder. When am I? You know, it's it's so cyclical. The um the you know the basically um seasons and 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 how and when people will buy and you know if there's a downturn it can that really never really happen with me but you know it's just it's a terrible model and and starting the business without any money meant that i ran just incredibly close to not having enough money to run a trip every single time it ran for about two and a half years there so nobody would have known this obviously this is business this is what a real business looks like so, well, not all businesses, but, you know, this is what a business can look like. And it's about faking it till you make it, putting on a brave face and, and you know, scr- scratching and clawing and trying to, you know, do everything you can to, to not let anyone down. And that was the thing that scared me the most always was, as I said, people would, people would come to us because they needed something in their life. They needed... They needed a, a kickstart. They, they needed some time away. They needed to, you know get themselves back on track, whatever it was. And I didn't realize this till later on in the piece, you know. But that was truly it, you know. People really needed something and they, they wanted to um, they wanted us to, to be that thing. So people trusted us so much and, and I, you know, put so much pressure on myself to, to give these guys, you know, all of our adventures the greatest experience known to man. So imagine this position, which is the position that I was routinely in. And by routinely, I mean every single time we ran a trip and we would run a trip every two months. Imagine you would get three, uh, three weeks out from a trip and you would look at your finances and you would say, all right, cool. I need to come up with $20,000 in order to make this trip happen or I'm going to let 10 people down. You know, just teleport yourself into my shoes for a little bit there it was a fucking nightmare you know it was it was the stuff that would make you sick to your stomach 
absolutely sick to your stomach. And, you know, that's what I dealt with every single, every single two months, you know, every single two months. And I would do far out, man, I was creative. Like, I would release the most epic trip of all time and I would say, guys, you know, here's a trip to Iceland. First time ever. Book in quick. You'll get $750 off to the first, you know, three people that pay in full, whatever it was, you know, these ridiculous marketing campaigns that would take away all of our margin on the actual trip that we were selling in order to hurry people to throw money into our bank account, you know. I borrowed money off my mum and, and my grandma, so $20,000 each. Um, and that's still, still uh, the, the debts would pile up. And, and every time I'd be in the same position, you know, I got to a holding pattern where, you know, we weren't going into really more debt, but, but every time, you know, and, and it was just, man, it was... I ran one trip that... I ran one trip that... Before the trip had started, before the trip had started, we ran two trips back to back once. Um, this is this was probably when I fell out of love with AdventureFit in a big way. This is what was the nail in the coffin for me. And I had not had Athena not come around, I probably would still be trying to make AdventureFit work. You know, driving it forward because I'm driven and stubborn and I'm an idiot. But this particular point in time, so what happened was we had, um, we had a trip that was running that my team were leading and the day that the trip was starting, we had enough money in our bank account to cover part of the trip. So we, we had... L- tons and tons a lot of money outstanding that we were expecting but I'd run out of ideas like fuck I'd run out of you know we had enough for for three days to run of a seven day trip at the start of the trip and I had 72 hours to find the other 12 or 13 thousand dollars whatever it was and I knew that I would make that trip happen it gave me fucking nightmares that I wouldn't it gave me nightmares for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand because I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was coming. I was hoping for a miracle and I didn't get one. And yeah, we made it happen. You know, I, I, I pulled out all the stops and I got the money across the line and, and that trip ran successfully. And then the day that trip finished, I was in Greece leading a trip that was in the exact same position where but even worse you know we had day to day I was getting money coming in from 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 outstanding invoices and I was negotiating with you know credit card um supplies that I had and and every day I would get enough money to to to, you know to carry on the next 36 hours and I wouldn't wish that feeling upon my worst enemy. I would not wish that feeling upon my worst enemy. I had seen a psychologist for, you know, um, since 2016, since I, had the, since I started VentureFit, you know, on and off, on and off. Not anymore, I don't. I'm flying now. I feel really great. Sound a little bit negative now telling you the story of VentureFit, but I'm actually doing really great and, and I can, you know, I plan to continue doing great. So, but 
I started seeing a, a psychologist and the way that I would explain it to to um, to Daryl, my psychologist, was I would explain it as acute financial, you know, acute financial stress depression. I felt like I told my mate before this uh, this Greece trip round. I said to my mate, who's been medicated, he's been suicidal before. He's he's actually, you know, he's heavily medicated for anxiety and depression. One of my best mates. And I said to him, he messaged me and said, "Hey, mate, how's the trip going? How's the prep going? Prep, not the trip, actually. It was like a week before I was in London." And he said, "How's it all shaping up?" And I said, "Bro, I am so so emotionally shot." I said, "I feel like." I've got someone standing in my chest all day, every day. And I feel just a little bit sad the moment I wake up and all the way till I close my eyes at night. And he messaged me back and he said, that's depression, bro. And when he said that to me, I looked at my screen on my, ca- uh, screen on my phone and I was like, fuck. Because I knew that he was right. You know, I knew that he was right. And, and you know, we got through that trip we got through that trip and it was an ace trip. I was absolutely scattered with anxiety. I was miserable. I, I had panic attacks every day behind the scenes. But we ran through the trip and, and we got amazing you know, results and, and, and incredible tips. And we, everyone wrote us a letter at the end of the trip. And you know, the most amazing, incredible compliments you could ever imagine. And I don't know how the fuck we did it, but we did. And that's the main thing, you know, that's the main thing. That's all I ever wanted to do was I wanted to, it's like a drug, giving someone a life-changing experience, something that they'll truly cherish forever, something that, you know, brings a tear to their eye when they talk about it with their friends. That's like a drug. It's like heroin, you know, that's why I did it. That's the thing that kept me going when I was so anxious and so scattered and so beat down and so, you know, financially fucked, but the feeling that we would get for people, that feeling was just priceless. So that's when I fell out of love with AdventureFit, I guess. That's when kind of the damage had been done and, and I probably was never coming back from that, you know. As I said, if I didn't have Athena, which Athena's thundering along, it's so good. You know, we've got, our clients are so stoked. We've never lost an employee and in the year that we've been operating and we got 50 employees. It's, it's just, it's going so well and if it wasn't for Athena, I'd probably still be doing adventure fit and it'd probably still be growing and, and people would probably still be getting the most amazing experience ever. It would be rad. But I wouldn't be in love with it, I don't think, you know. The idea I was in love with, I was in love with the result that we would get people. But the day-to-day, you know, the day-to-day, I, I just lost it. I'd absolutely lost it and... It really wasn't coming back. So, you know, I'm really happy that I am where I am. My day-to-day is, you know, I wake up and I've got a normal amount of work on my plate. I, I take Ziggy for a walk. I'm never stressed. I, I've got time to go and train at the gym. I've started weightlifting again, which I'm f- just, oh, I'm loving. And I wouldn't have had that if I had two companies. You know, I certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't have had that if I, I was trying to manage two companies. And I probably wouldn't have had that if I even had just the one and that one was AdventureFit, you know? It's just, yeah, it was, it really wasn't firing me up. And, and when that's the case, you know, when that's the case, 
we had we had so many things that were going great you know we had so many things that were going great when I decided it was time to wind it up and we may have failed but we certainly wouldn't have failed for a while I think um but when things aren't firing you up you know when a, a beautiful idea and a great concept and, and, and an awesome product and something that's a positive impact on the world, it doesn't always translate into success, you know, it doesn't always mean that it'll work. And this is a beautiful uh, representation of that, I guess, you know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the arc of Adventure is very similar to the arc of Daenerys Targaryen, you know, Stormborn, Mother of Dragons. I feel like the idea was so beautiful, you know, everybody loved it, everybody loved her so much and towards the end, under heavy duty stress, it just, it basically torched a fucking city full of people and that's the best analogy that I can come up with, that, that city full of people was just my emotions. So... <laughs> Yeah, but man, there were some highlights. Like, fuck, we had guys, so we had guys and girls that would come, they would plan their whole life around Adventure Fit, you know, and, and I've got a lot of people to thank, really. I've got, I've got a list here, and, and you know, if, if you're not on the list, then I'm really sorry, and if you think you should have been, but, you know, I think the first people that I, that I need to thank is, you know, I need to thank Wilbur. Wilbur was, you know, my, my original right-hand man, and, and he re- led trips right up till the end. He only led a small number of trips, but the ones that he led, like, oh, my God, man, you could not, you could not pick a better tool leader. Like, Wilbur is just absolutely sensational. I'm telling you, you couldn't get any better. And a great buddy of mine, you know, I love Wilbur. And, yeah, you know, next is Dave. Dave is, Dave was... People used to say to me all the time that Dave and you, you know, how did you guys found AdventureFit? And I said, I fucking found it. I'm the boss, you know, that's my company. But, you know, people thought that it was Dave and I because Dave was there so, you know, he was so involved and he was such a, a, a part of the brand and so amazing for it to grow when it was so, so small, you know, his personal brand and what he could do and the smiles he could put on people's faces. I fucking love that guy, you know. I owe him I owe him so much. I owe him absolutely so much. Jackie as well. Jackie, I just owe laughter. I just owe nothing but laughter. She's an, she's an idiot. She's a goose. She's a knucklehead. Knucklehead is probably like the best word I would have to, to describe her. But I love that that girl, you know. She's she's like Dave, you know. She's one of the good guys in this world. She's a, she's a fucking ripper. Um... You know, my brother, my brother came and started the trip with me and that was one of my worst trips where I was most anxious, far out, that was bad. And I hated that, you know, I hated being like that around my brother. Um, but, you know, he was there with me and he, he was a young man, he was only probably 21, 22 and he basically stood up and he was the leader that I couldn't really be on that trip. So, you know, forever thankful for Jack. Um, Mac... Mac was, once Dave kind of left us, Mac became our, our number one guy. And Mac actually was a client. Mac, let, Mac and I became buddies on one of our trips on, um, on our um, Iceland trip. And my screensaver actually right now, you won't be able to see it if you're on the, uh, on the YouTubes. And you obviously won't be able to see it if you're on the um, podcast, but if you're on the audio. But my screensaver is 
an Iceland trip where we're all about to jump, we're all crouched, about to take off, and Max jumping straight across the screen off this huge rock in, this, um, in front of this amazing waterfall. And, man, you couldn't get a better tour leader than Mac. You could not get a better tour leader than Mac. He just, so professional, did such a great job, so good with people. He actually, um, he actually, he actually, one of his last trips, he rubbed a bunch of people the wrong way and I flew the flag for him big time. You know, I always told my staff, live by the sword, die by the sword. I want you to be yourselves. If you feel like there's, you know, if you feel like there's an inappropriate joke that might, you know, might improve the night rather than make, you know, make the night worse, then by all means, go on and say that inappropriate joke or tell that inappropriate story, but use your best judgment. And, you know, you're all adults and, and, and you've all got good judgment, so I trust you. So, Mac, um, that whole thing about how it starts is how it ends. Mac was, he was better than me at leading trips. He was, him and Dave, probably the best, the best we had, you know. And Mac actually started a story um, on the Vietnam trip uh, a year or so ago. And there was a lot of Adventure Fit Radio podcast listeners that were on that trip. And a couple of them, I don't know who it was because it wasn't there, but a couple of them asked Mac, uh, across the dinner table on the first night, he said, they said, um, hey, Mac, we heard on Adventure Fit Radio that you'd masturbated in a float tank. Another masturbation story. Sorry, guys, to all you listeners. We'd heard that you'd, um, you'd you know, you know, jacked off in a float tank. Do you have any other funny stories about jacking off? And Mac reckons, I've spoken to him in depth about this a number of occasions, he reckons he surveyed the room and he was like, yeah, I reckon I've got this. So he said, yeah, I do actually. I remember I was really late to a meeting one day and on the way to the meeting, I just couldn't stop thinking about sex and I had this erection in my pants and I thought, well, I can't walk into the meeting like this. Like, what am I going to do? I've got 10 minutes till I'm at the meeting. So he pulled over into the emergency lane and he jacked off. And then he went into the meeting. I reckon it's a pretty funny story, to be honest. I, I would laugh at that, particularly over a couple of beers and, and so forth. But I'm an idiot, remember? You've got to remember I'm an idiot. But uh, we had... Um, look, it just... It's probably no worse than my riding the dragon story, you know? My riding the dragon story is probably akin to, to you know, pulling up... Well, it's probably not. Mine was, I didn't know what was going on, you know. I wasn't, yeah, look, there was no intent with me and the dragon. There was certainly intent with Mac pulling over in the emergency lane and, you know, jacking off. But, but I guess the stories are very similar, you know. And I read my crowd and I probably delivered it pretty well and so forth. And Mac, I reckon he, he must have just stumbled when in the delivery and the crowd certainly wasn't right, actually, to be fair. There was... There was two people that took offence to it. Um, yeah, look, he just didn't read the crowd. And it actually caused the biggest furor after the trip had run where, you know, people calling up and complaining. We'd never had a complaint in the history of Adventure Fit. We'd never had a complaint. We'd had a little bit of feedback and constructive criticism, I guess. Maybe, maybe just feedback, I would call it. But man, I got phone calls, I got lengthy, you know, foot-long email talking about how unprofessional, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
But yeah, fuck. But I love Mac and, you know, he could not have done a better job. And I backed him in. When all this stuff happened, I was like, look, he's, a, he's, a, he's one of the good guys. He's got a nice heart and he, he fucked up, you know. He told a story that was a bit inappropriate and, you know, he really paid for it on that trip. You know, people, everything that he did that was neutral, um, you know, was looked at poorly and everything that he did that was poor was really, it was the worst thing on the planet and everything he did was good was, you know, it was like, meh. You know, because he'd already kind of been, I think, you know, he'd kind of tainted himself with a number of the trip goers. And, and that was a shame, you know, because I love Mac. He's just the nicest guy. And, and for people to have that opinion of him, that he was unprofessional or whatever, it was shit out. So I, I really hated that. Um, but man, I owe that guy so much. He's, he got me through. When I was going through my toughest period, he got me through it. He was my mentor, my, you know, coach, my friend, whatever. And man, one of the best. Um, Tommy is the other one you know Tommy's last of, of the coaches that I've mentioned and Tommy to this day is one of my best buddies you know like we were like a brother relationship I'm the older brother he's a younger brother and and you know I was all, all, also his employee employer I guess to in a in a degree to a degree with the podcast and with the trips and and we butted heads a lot you know me and Tommy and and might not look like it behind the set uh might not look like it with the cameras on and stuff, um, but behind the scenes, we butter heads more than more than a bit above average for sure. A bit above average, like we we butted heads. But I mean, everything you saw on camera was all was all real, and we love each other. And we we just went and um, caught up last Friday. We probably catch up once or twice a month for sure. And I love his dude. He's he's, he's always going to be like a brother to me. Um, so, you know, I love Tommy. Tommy was another guy that, like my brother, you know, my inability to relax due to the stress that I was under with these trips, I think it really, it pushed Tommy, it pushed Jack, and, you know, it pushed these guys to, to lead, you know, to be, to be leaders and to be more mature than their age or to, than their years, really, because Tommy was doing trips with us at you know, 23, 24, whatever, and, and, and leading and guiding you know, a large group of adults, and um, and he did a sick job. Like he's the funniest dude I've ever met, I reckon, and and I owe him lots of thanks. Um, so there's three guys that I need to thank that are are um, particularly important to me, uh, and they're my three guys in the Philippines, and that's Mon, my first ever staff member. Um, I just came back from Mon's wedding over in. Um, the Philippines, and I adore the guy, you know, he's, he's, if you could pick, if I could pick anybody, right, so Athena, we have 11 of us, three directors, I'm one of them, eight full-time staff members, at Athena, we had, uh, sorry, at Adventure, we had four, we had Mon, Aaron, Alvin, and Vicky, but we also had a lot of people come and go throughout, you know, and we were going to try and bring Mon over to Athena, but it didn't end up working out. But when I was speaking to Drew about it, Drew, my, my um, you know, one of my partners at Athena, I said to Drew, hey, man, I think we can get Mon across and he might work for Athena. And he's, he's a real all-star. Like, he's, he's one of the best. And he said, all right, cool. Like, how good is he? I said, he's, he's as good as there is. He said, okay, would you hire him again? if you had your time that's how I always rate 
you know, that's how I always rate employees. Would I hire him again if I had my time again, knowing what I know now? And he would be my first draft choice out of 50 people I've dealt with working with him, you know, 100 people, however many I've dealt with. He's my number one starter, 100%. Mon Echeverria. And, yeah, like, I would be... I would be working on a Saturday afternoon, you know, into Saturday night. I'd wake up and work on a Sunday. And then I'd notice, like, you know, in our shared folders and whatever, I'd notice all this work getting done. And then Mon would just, you know, I'd be online and and I'd get this message from Mon, hey, Doc, can you give me an update on X, Y, and Z? You know, it might be 3 p.m. on Sunday. And I'd say, what do you mean? Like, just let's talk about it tomorrow. He's like, no, no, I'm just doing a bit now. Can you just give me an update on it? He would go into the office and just, you know, pump out work and, and um, you know, of his own accord. And, and he cared about the brand. He cared about me and he cared about the people that we, that we served, you know. Absolute bloody legend. Aaron, you know, I can't say enough good things about Aaron. He's unfathomably intelligent. He's got an unfathomable energy and he just brought it every day at Adventure Fit and I bloody love him for it. Alvin is like my little brother, the gongy, the gong doctor, Dr. Gongzo. I actually was lucky enough to go and spend some time with Alvin and his family over in the Philippines recently when I went over for Mon's wedding. I spent a lot of time with Aaron. Um, we caught up for a bunch of breakfasts and lunches and dinners. Uh, I saw Mon at his wedding. He was busy otherwise, obviously, but I went and stayed with Alvin and his family, Alvin Senior, his dad, um, you know, I met his little brother, all his buddies, uh, met his beautiful wife, and yeah, he's always been like a brother to me, and a little brother, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm his older brother, mine always used to feel like my older brother, because he would, he would pull me in the line, but Alvin has always been, you know, I feel like he's, he's my little brother, you know, I feel like he looks up to me, and um, and I feel like we, yeah, we really love each other. And, and yeah, you know, we both cried. We both bawled our eyes out when I told him that we're not going to be working with each other anymore. And he's the guy that put all these podcasts together. So if you've listened to Adventure Fit, if you've listened to Adventure Fit Radio from the start, Alvin was there from the start, from day one. He was the guy putting it all together in the back end. And he doesn't work with us anymore, but, you know, I, I bloody love him. Vicky, Vicky came in. Uh, Vicky came in and did social media for us at Adventure Fit and you know she's actually still with us at Athena and she's the glue that you know the social glue that you know binds it all together she's a lovely lady we employ her, her boyfriend we employ her dad um, you know basically they're all family to us now and she's bloody great and then Ray, uh, Rihanna and DaCosta Ray was my first ever probably before mine she was my first employee she was um we would just do bits and pieces together. She was like a, a rep for me up in Queensland and, and she would, you know, she just loved the idea and wanted to get involved in any, any way she could. And, and that was the interesting thing about Adventure is people would climb over hot coals to, to have anything to do with us, you know. We, I would get resumes every week with people screaming to, please, can I get on staff? We don't get that with Athena. You know, people would, every week I'd get resumes and I was so upset that I couldn't employ everyone and make everyone's dreams come true and all that. But, but yeah, Ree, Ree, Ree and I worked together and, and, you know, she was my first right-hand wing woman and someone that I could lean on. And Mitch and Aaron up in New, New South Wales, they were the same, a couple, and they were my, my um, New South Wales reps and, um, 
yeah, they did a bloody great job and really love the brand and that's all you can really ask for. So, but that's pretty much it, guys. All I wanted to do is, you know, for a lot of people, for a lot of people that are, you know, new to Adventure Fit Radio or new to Brolosophy and what have you, you know, you're probably not listening to this because you probably zoned out a, a while ago. And, and people that are um, Adventure Fit through and through, they might not have listened this far. But those that did, you know, I just wanted to kind of get the story out there, get it all off my chest and, and announce that, you know, obviously adventure is no longer carrying on. And and just thanking it, uh, thank everyone for, you know, a great experience for me and for everyone involved. So that's it from me, guys. Um, Brolosophy is going to be sick. We've got mad guests coming up. Uh, I'm really fired up about it. And, uh, and you guys should be too. So stand by for some epic content. And basically, you know, we just want to be telling interesting and important stories. And uh, yeah, it's really philosophy through the eyes of an idiot. And uh, that idiot is me. So um, you'll be hearing lots more of my voice. So make sure you subscribe because um, they won't be all sad solo rants like this. They're going to be epic. We've got so many good um, guests coming up. So... That's it from me, guys. This is the Brolosophy podcast going forward. Philosophy through the eyes of an idiot. And that's a wrap. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please subscribe. To subscribe, you can do it on all of your listening devices. You can subscribe at Bill Kurt TV at YouTube. And <laughs> that's it. Also... Don't forget to support our sponsors, yeti.com.au forward slash bro. Check out trueprotein.com.au and use the code bro there for 10% off. And for 20 hours free of virtual assistant services, head to athena.co, that's A-T-H-Y-N-A.co and use the code bro when you inquire. Alrighty, see you next week.